You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. It's Tuesday Club. We're back and uh, we've got a little different one this week, Kyle, because um, we're celebrating, in effect, we've got 20 episodes, unbelievably over 50,000 downloads. Uh, I can't believe it. You know, our brainchild has come to this. Incredible. Uh, credit, credit to you, my good man, all your hard work and uh, also to the great guests that we've we've had on. But all our listeners as well has been fantastic. So we thought we'd perhaps take a break from all that, you and I. No, we don't get the chin wag too much. Well, we do on the phone, but yeah. on the podcast because we're so interested in our guests and uh, catch up a little bit, find out what we've been doing, maybe reminisce on what our favourite moments have been so far and uh, answer some of our listeners' questions that we've had quite a few today. So um, not a bad idea. No, I think it's good. It's nice to uh, recap, uh, take stock, as they say. Um, yeah, I think it's been great. It's been uh, it's been really fun It's been to, to do it all. I know... At the start, I was a little bit worried. You were a bit like, "Oh, what's it going to end up? What what kind of animal is it going to be?" Um, but no, it's it's been a struggle at times because you know we've had to learn how to edit videos, edit audio, um, cut things together, get little stings on, and all that sort of stuff. But it's been great, and one of the great things as well is halfway through. Um, well, I was going to say this series, and it's not like this is the end or anything, but. Halfway through what we've done so far, um, the good people, Adam and Mo at Buffoon Media, obviously um, took us on and um, basically they've kept us going through this entire lockdown because before lockdown ended, um, I think he had a sort of premonition that it was going to come, to which I said, oh no, um, I've just got used to using that kit with all the mics and the new audio and whatever and the equipment and he's dropped it off, so I've got it all here, so thank you to Adam at Buffoon Media, um, based in Port Talbot, for giving me uh, this amazing kit that we've had that's kept the podcast going for all this time through lockdown. So, yeah, and and obviously we got to thank the Brit as well. Uh, we started off recording them at, well, it's, it's, you say it's our spiritual home, but I don't know you just like the Moretti, don't I? <laughs> True. <laughs> and the food. And the food, yeah. But no, thanks, yeah, thanks to Gemma there. She, she was great to us at the start, and of course we'll go back to the Brit and... Uh, Maybe maybe we'll do a live a live podcast with uh, with an audience. Yeah, we'll do an Instagram live. That's fine. We can do that. No, when we got five minutes, but maybe we should um, should we get talking about maybe a live podcast? You know, you see um, Alex Payne and James Haskell and uh, Mike Tindall. They do in the live ones, and they do them across the country. And you know, people like to come out and see their favorite rugby stars or their favorite actors or whatever it is. Coming out yeah. and having a chat, and you know, yeah, well, we'll get uh, we'll get a great guest along uh, to the Brit, and the locals can come down, and we'll have a live live audience. That's a good idea. It'd be a good idea while we're still in lockdown to maybe get some of our followers, some of our fans on. We can do that over Zoom. So if you're interested in that, get in touch with us on uh, Instagram uh, Tuesday Club Podcast or on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore. What's um, we should also mention the coffee coffee mod coffee mod. Ooh, yeah, recently, I, have you received your coffee yet? I have. It's fantastic. I haven't tried it yet. It came on Saturday morning. I've been quite busy. Um, and this morning I woke up quite late um, because I've had a rough weekend. Um, but uh, I didn't have any time. I had to get my get my clothes on, get my work clothes on and dash straight to work. But um, yeah. they've sent me two lovely pouches of... Yeah. Um, hun- hun- special blend? Yeah, Colombian 100% special blend. Is it something like that? 
But he asked me. Espresso blend. They're very, very good at the coffee mod because he was like, they're very upscale as well. Um, because he was like, "Oh, what machine have you got? What, and you know, what barista machine?" And I I was like, "I got a cup and a spoon." I said, "I "I got a kettle, mate. Just send me something I can mix with hot water." But no, Uh, brilliant. Thank you so much to them, anyway, as well. What um, What's been your favourite? It's harsh to say your favourite guest. That's not fair because they've all been uh, fantastic. I've got I've got a favourite guest. I've got a favourite guest. I'm not I me. I'm not making no bones about it. I don't mind. These people are doing well in their careers. If they're going to get upset about what I got to say, then they shouldn't be doing Come what on. they're doing. Um, Who is it? My favourite guest, I think, so far would have been Jiffy. I'll be honest with you. Oh, um, you know, there's been. It was always going to be the way for me when we get the rugby guys on and you know all, all rugby ladies, um, we, which we need to get more of because they've got a lot to talk about as well now with everything that's going on. Um, but I could just sit there with Jiffy. And you remember my face, like I've met him a few times before, um, been in situations where, where you've introduced me and we've been in social situations or whatever, but just to sit there and listen, uh, I just remember I was catching flies for the entire hour yeah. and I could have gone on. He, so I- he was good and he came to the Brit pub as well, he's a top, top bloke, Jeff, and uh, his podcast doing well uh, with uh, Ray Stubbs, Jiffy and Jiffy Stubbsy. And Stubbsy yeah. Yeah, Justin Marshall was good from New Zealand, talking about Boomfer and his beers. But early doors, I enjoyed. Um, I, I I enjoyed having some of the the acting, the directing. We had Phil John on really early, the director. It's our first guest. Couple, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Rosie, Rosie Sheehy, she was awesome. I was in awe of her, you know, and what she's doing. And of course, we had Sam Hugh and Katrina Balf, you know, with the main stars of Outland. We went big there, really didn't we? Nice. Well, it's just just nice to, to to speak to them and meet them and see what fantastic people they are. You get to see something like Dan Bigger, who's just a gentleman. Reese yeah. Webb, you know, doing so well. Uh, to name but a few, you know, Tim Downey, I enjoyed. You know, I could have spent all night with uh, Tim Downey. What a funny guy! Oh, mate, uh, he is he is brilliant. And we got more to come. We got a lot more to come. So, um, what have you been up to, mate? I know you were ill over the weekend, a bit of food poison or something, but. Um, you, you, my good man. For those of you watching this on YouTube, you have a jaw, you have a face, you are half the man. You've ne- well, I wouldn't say half. Um, what yeah. are you doing? Um, well, I've been in over the weekend, so that's I've, I've dropped a couple of pounds because I think I had a bit of food poisoning. Um, I tried to. Uh, I watched Gordon Ramsay cook a burger, and he reckons the best burgers are pink. So I did a little experiment, and I just browned the outsides, and then maybe possibly was that. I don't know. Might have been that it was three, three weeks out of date. Do you, do you know? <laughs> do, you, do you know the Gordon Ramsay steak slash burger test? Go on. Well, on the hand, okay, that so, whole thing. So, no, no. So people watching, it's the face, right? So people who are watching uh, will will see it. But I will explain for those who are listening. You um, touch your forehead. Yeah. Well, well done. Okay. Touch the front part, the parted part, the front part of your chin. Medium. Well, that's not going to work for me because I'm fatter than you. Hang on. Ah, well, wait. It's all relative. Now your cheek. Right. That's rare. Oh, that's bloody blue for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, so, yeah so that's, so, but... that's what's been going on, mate. I've been, uh, I've been. Well, I haven't been training yet because there's nothing open, and I'm. I, I've been doing some body weight workouts and stuff. But no, you, um, you messaged me. It must have been a couple of months ago now, saying uh, oh, I got something for you, new uh, diet and this, that, and the other. Um, but I've been trying. Um, oh, what is it? The ketones. Not ketones. Yeah. So you, um, a friend, uh, we got a mutual friend, and he introduced me to it. You were going to introduce me to it, but um, 
we're both on the same same plan now, same diet. Um, and yeah, you uh, you just said get on it, do it. You got to do it, and it's fun for the wedding. You've got your whole fit to fifty going on. We'll we'll talk about that in a sec. But um, I'm getting married next year, obviously November, and I've always struggled. Like we've chatted about mental health with Matt Johnson on a previous episode, but a lot of people who know me have always known that I've struggled with my weight over my sort of adult years. Um, I, it sometimes has put me in a bad place, and sometimes I've. Just thought, oh, I don't really care. But um, looking on to next year, I think when I get married, I've got a beautiful, slim, gorgeous fiancé in Amy. And do I really want to look back on those wedding photos for the rest of my life thinking I remember that because I was uncomfortable, I wasn't confident because I didn't feel like my clothes fit me or I just looked round in the photos next to Amy and... That's that's not what I want. So I'm going to try and put a lot of effort into the, the next. Well, I think she's got it written on a wall. It's like 530 something days we're on now <laughs> until the wedding. But uh, yeah, you got me onto this keto um, keto drinks, the ketones, and every morning I wake up, you have a drink, and they get um, your body into a state of ketosis, which is basically a fat burning state, a uh, constant. Um, and normally, if you were just doing the keto diet, it would take you three, maybe four weeks to get into that place. And I've been doing it. I've stuck to it um, vigorously. Uh, I've been quite strict to myself. I love chocolate. Um, I've eaten a few pieces of chocolate since I started 18 days ago, but they were made from keto-friendly recipes. There were it wasn't a Yorkie bar or you know an, <laughs> an Easter egg. So, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've, I've been ketoing and it with you. And, and you've dropped. Oh, and I've dropped. Um, well, I've just dropped over a stone now. I think I've dropped 16, 16 pounds in 18 days. So, And that's with, Brilliant. you know what I'm like. I've been doing a couple of bodyweight exercises, but it's mainly been walking Frank the dog and uh, going back to work. So I can't wait and to I, see I, how, how quick it's coming off when I go to the gym. You've, you've, been, you've brought the coach out to me as well because I'm really pushing hard on it. I'm encouraging you. Uh, when lockdown's over, you can come up into my gym and we're going to work out together. I've lost a stone. Yeah. I'm, I've, I feel a million dollars. Uh, it's high protein and low carbohydrate, but uh, it's not for everybody. But we're doing well on it, mate. So let's keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done to you. Thanks, pal. Um, how... What? I said, thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, mate. And, yeah, I started this Fit for 50 because I'm 50 in November, and I thought... You know, it is tough when you get into your late 40s, early 50s. You you know, you're busy, you've got family. There's always an excuse, Kyle, you know. So I thought I'd give myself a goal and I'd give myself a motivation. So I thought, right, like you with a wedding, you set yourself a target. I'm 50, November the 6th, 2020, for all our listeners who are um, quite kind out there. And um, <laughs> I thought, look, I'll, I, I want to feel and look good when I'm 50, so I'm on it. I started this uh, Facebook group up. It's so motivational, mate. Right? There's, there's already, we're nearly 300 members already, and it's a private group. But everybody's posting their journey. Everybody's posting what they do, their walk. It might be their cycle. It might be their charity work. It might be in the gym or whatever it is. It's fantastic. You know, it's, it's a real community spirit there, and I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it's really motivational. So any listeners that want to join in, just tap me on uh, Fit for 50 on, on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll... Um, I'll get you in there. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It is. Anyway, really, it is really good. I didn't think, right? Just to finish it, I didn't think that. Like I tried the keto diet before, and 
after about five days i fell straight off i was like i need i need carbs i need pasta i need pizza potatoes chocolate, chocolate you know what i mean and you know it it's just it's like the old adam and eve of the apple and the tree god put all the best foods on this earth make them bad for you do you know what i mean like I love all the junk foods and stuff like that. But what I found is these drinks, the ketones, and that ketones from Prove It, they are actually, whether it's a placebo effect, I don't know. I know it's not a miracle drink because there's no such thing or a miracle no. pill that you take and then all of a sudden you look like, you know, Iron Man or whatever. Well, he's got a suit on, but some superhero. I know it's hard work, dedication, commitment, um, consistency, and 75% diet. It's That is yeah. the key. But... These drinks have, have have I'm dropping my H's H's oh my god, um they they've given me a sort of new lease of life and I feel like like Amy can't believe I've stuck to something for eighteen days normally I'll fall off after ten days, good but, for you but man. it's but it's really going well and like you said I feel clearer I feel even though I'm still quite heavy I feel lighter and things uh, seem to be going in the right direction so yeah go roll on next year mate because uh, hopefully i won't be rolling on next year <laughs> yeah, no way mate no way hey let's um let's go to some questions here uh because yeah. we asked on our social media to uh, come up with it with some sort of question uh, lynn harbour uh, has asked and i think it's specifically to you have you had stephen cree on yet we haven't had stephen cree on stephen cree is um a phenomenal Scottish actor who was in seasons one to three of Outlander. Um, he played, um, oh God, I can't remember. I'm going to get killed for this. He played Sa- uh, Jamie Fraser's sister's husband with one leg. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's Stephen Cree. Um, we've never met. Um, so obviously, like I, I only know uh, Gray McTavish and um, a couple of the other actors from seasons one and two and three because, and Nell Hudson, um, because I went and I've done a convention and, you know, we meet people from past and present seasons. But I'm, I've never met Stephen. Um, seen him and socially interacted with him one or two times on social media. But that would be the reason why. Um, so... To answer the question. Fair to say, though, mate. Fair to say, we will be having more uh, Outlander cast on in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. We've got a couple in the uh, biggies, actually. We've had the two biggies, but we've got a couple <laughs> of biggies coming up. So, so that's great. Is yours a lovely one, mate? Right, we can to and fro on this one. Go on. Uh, Becky W thirty one at Bexright eighty eight has asked: Last five albums you downloaded or listened to? Oh, can I go? Can I go on this? You tell you what we'll go. Been, we'll both go. We'll go one each, back and forth. One each. But you got to get well, them up eight. on your phone, though. What? What and play them? Well, yeah, because you've down. It says what, what ones have you downloaded? Not play them. Just you can play. Play it into the mic as well. Why not? No, I won't, I, I'll show you. Right. So I'm a bit of an eighties freak, right? Go on. So if you look at my, if you look at my Spotify at the top, yeah, right. <laughs> All out eighties, <laughs> right? But um, if any of you haven't listened to any Keen. K E A N E R Keen Magic. I, I, I like I a bit of Keen, do you? I like a bit of Keen. Tears for Fears. I went to see him last last year. Best concert ever been to. I love Tears for Fears. Um, you won't believe the. You won't believe what else I got. I've I've got a classical playlist. So when I'm walking the dog in the morning, sometimes it's a chill out for me. It's it's, it's health and well being. And um, I got a classical playlist. Have That's you got a nice favourite classical track? Because I've got two. That I that I might uh, go to. Really. Oh, you have I, I probably couldn't name many of them, mate, but uh, you know. What about, um, do you like Lack Me? 
never heard of it. Larkway. You have heard of it. Might, it. Might, it might Shall be I give you a little rendition? <laughs> well, look, I, I'll give you my uh, on my list. I got Tchaikovsky, I got Dvorak, I got uh, London Symphony Orchestra, I got Beethoven, um, I got Johan Brahms. I've got, I, I got, you know, so it's a fair old mix. I, I Mozart, you know, I, I like that. But you're going to love this, mate, right? Because this is my latest. And so Bex with uh, 88 there. Have a look at that. Charles and Dave. <laughs> Charles and Dave Gold. <laughs> Gold. Put the rabbit song on. Go on. Rabbit's yep, on it. Put it Future. on now. That's a good one. Put it on. Uh, Play it. Rabbit. Come on, everyone wants to know, because some of people might not know who Charles and Dave are. Up, up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Absolutely love him. Went to see him. Went to see him in about uh, 2000 and oh no, about 1999 in a post call. Went to see him. Is it brilliant? I love him. In post yeah. call of all places. And the reason in 1994 went on tour with Loughborough University to South Africa a rugby tour playing, and there was a Cockney lad in our team, and he brought uh, the greatest hits of Charles and Dave, and it was a bus everywhere, you know, all around South Africa. We knew all the words, all the songs by the end of the tour. <laughs> so, yeah, there's me. Thanks for that one. What's you? Um, well, first off, this is Larkway. I just want to show it to you quickly. You've definitely heard it. Oh, is that triangle? You've heard this one, yeah? Oh, yes. I love it. This is, you can ask any one of uh, the cast, right? What, whenever they walk past my trailer and I'm, I'm, we're on set and we're waiting at base to go to set, they'll hear that blasting out of my trailer. I'm a nuisance in my trailer because I like loud music and if I forgot my headphones, then everyone's got to listen to the music that I'm listening to. That's my favourite classical song ever. Um, just what have you been listening to in the van today? In the van, I don't listen to anything. I got a um, just a radio player, so I've been listening to a bit of Ken Bruce, a bit of uh, Steve Wright. Steve Wright in the afternoon, love that. Um, did you listen to Popmaster this morning? Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. So my ones, so the the, the ones that come up on the top for me, uh, that what I've been listening to lately, a couple of playlists are Seventies FM Radio Rider, which features songs like Have You Ever Seen the Rain by Clearance Clearwater Revival, Sultans of Swing. Stevie Wonder, Derek and the Dominoes, David Bowie, T-Rex, and so on and so forth. I love my music taste. Like, we could do a whole episode on... I like, just want to be famous one day and do Desert Island Discs with Ken Bruce because that's that's my goal. It used to be I wanted to be on Top Gear and do the car and the reason he plays... No, what was it? It's we Star and the reason he plays car. Yeah, I wanted to do that. But now nah, I want to go on uh, Desert Island Discs with Ken Bruce. Um, so you've got 70s, 70s FM Rider. Uh, you've got Fisherman's Blues, uh, the album... From uh, the Water Boys. Oh, that's Amy, that is. Amy uses that. I do love UB40, though. Um, songs to sing in the car. Songs to sing in the car, yeah. That's another one. You can call me Al, Paul Simon, uh, Jody Mitchell, Van Morrison, The Cure. So I'm I'm not a music snob, but I suppose, you know, I like... A range, a range of genres. I've, like got, a, I've got a wide range of music. The only music right, that I really can't stand is... 
all that shouty you know because i just can't get on with that i really yeah, can't it gives yeah. me a bad throat listening to it if if there's a, a you know a quality uh, heavy metal rock and roll whatever you want to call it i went to see acdc in wembley stadium oh my god they played two hours maybe maybe longer non-stop and they were getting on you know um i went to see rolling stones in the old wembley believe it or not have you seen the rolling stones uh, live have you yeah, you Bridges to Babylon. And lucky that, that, man. And that would have been in the late 90s. And I thought they were old then. They're still on tour last year or the year before. <laughs> they, they just brought another song out, didn't they? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of my favourite rock songs of all time, right? And some people, well, I don't know who will get offended by it. There was a film made about them, actually, Motley Crue. You like Mot- Motley oh, Crue? Yeah. Is this Kickstart My Heart? That's a bit of noise for me, see? Yeah, it sounds very tinny now because it's on the phone, but you pop some it's headphones fair to on. Say, it's fair to say the Motley Crue over here are only famous now because of one thing, aren't they? Or two things. What? Pamela Anderson. <laughs> All right, okay. We won't go into that, will we? <laughs> we'll stay away from our side of things. No, I, they're, they're globally famous, mate. You know, the yeah, whole, I know, I know. The whole, um, sto- well, there's stories, obviously, about the, if you watch the film on Netflix, it was brilliant, absolutely. It's just about their rise, how they got to where they were, how they broke up, that type of thing. Um, but I love that. And I also watched, um, I found myself watching Rock of Ages last night, the musical, they made the movie. But I've never, right. I've never seen the musical. Um, and the movie came on and I was just watching it and I thought, yeah, go on, I'll stick with this. I think I caught it like five minutes in. And I tell you all right, there's some big, big actors. Catherine Zeta Jones is in that, Brian Cranston, um, Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise, right? I, I was in awe of him in that film. It's it's cheesy, it's musical theatre, but the, the musical is made up from all old eighties like power ballads and rock songs. It's absolutely it's worth a watch, definitely with the kids. Have well. a look at that. Have a look at that. It's gotta be better than what I'm watching at the moment. My missus has got me watching Banshee. Banshee, what's that? Is that a superhero thing? No, it's not. It's uh, it was pretty violent, but it's 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 almost pornographic. I mean, oh, wow. it's about a guy who's stolen some diamonds with his girlfriend. She got away. He got caught. He had fifteen years in jail. He's let out. He goes to a, a town called Banshee. Uh, the new sheriff in town. He bumps into him in a bar. Who gets killed in the bar? And he's like, he takes his clothes and his badge and his identity, and he becomes the sheriff. He's an ex-con mind. Oh, God. But every other scene is closed off, and it's and well. If sounds like Outlander, myth. My dog are watching. I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> it sounds it like Outlander. Like yeah. Here's another question, so, right, which I think will be a good one for us to answer. You can go first, though, because I bet you've got a ton of these stories. Um, oh, I've lost it. Well done, well done. All right. Um, Cy Cy Girl Three has asked, "What has been the most awkward exchange you've ever had with a, ce- a celebrity or famous person?" Come on, you must have had one. It's just been like, oh, did I see that or did that just happen? Um, I well, no, it's you know, like I host a lot of events, as you know, and um, yeah, like on on TV, it's it's pretty professional. You know, rarely do you get stuff like that. I mean, there, I did, I hosted a lunch with a Ponapool front row, the famous. Uh, 
uh, two props and a hooker who played for Wales and the Lions. And uh, it was a lunch and it was lovely. It was, it was lovely people there, mixed audience. And Bobby Windsor, they, you know, they, they've had a, a, a tough old life before rugby. They played amateur rugby. They'd been, you know, they're hard men. And Bobby Windsor had a, about seven or eight pints. And Wales had just beaten England. And of course, they, they were great in the 70s when Wales were, and the Lions were fantastic. And uh, I asked him a, a question. I, I said, what do you think of the boys on the weekend? Great victory. And he just grabbed the mic and he said, never mind those. And he dropped a C-bomb. Oh. In the first sentence, he dropped three C-bombs. Oh, my God. And I look at the audience. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon. They're like this. <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon. Where, where, where did you go from there? Like, you know, so that was pretty awkward, I've got to say. Um, other than that, and I think, I think the secret is, Kyle, that you... If ever you go on air or you meet somebody or you host an event, you're doing a Q&A, you speak to them first. You meet them, you greet yeah. them, you know, you uh, because the last thing you want to do is ask a question. I did get one thing embarrassingly wrong. I did a, an interview with Chris Coleman, the former Wales football manager. Yeah. Great, great bloke. And I do this like little heads and tails uh, for, you know, like a raffle. And instead of tossing a coin, heads or tails, I find out some questions. So I said... Um, how many children has Chris Coleman got? Is it heads, three, or is it tails, four? And they, and they all make make the choice, heads or tails. And he's right in front of me, and he's going. And I'm like, and he answers, four. And he shouts up, I've actually got five. <laughs> so you can all stay standing. <laughs> Never use Wikipedia. Oh, man. I, do, I've only really had one one that I will never forget uh, until the day I die. Um, you know Rachel McAdams, the actress? Yeah, it rings a bell. Very, very famous, very, very good actor. Um, at the time, she was um, in a relationship with Michael Sheen, <clears throat> who I was working with. She came to a rehearsal. Um, I sang a song to Michael Sheen in, in the piece we were doing. It was The Passion, yeah? When we did that. Oh, yes. And um, she came to her, so she came over to me, and uh, she was in tears. She was like, oh, my God, that was so, you know, that was really good. You have a beautiful voice. And um, I forgot, I forgot who it was. She was like, I'm Rachel. And I was like, because uh, 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 I was like. C- couldn't speak. She is incredibly beautiful as well, okay? But that wasn't the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part was about a week later when we were actually performing The Passion, we did this whole thing, Passion, Passion. it was called The Passion of Port Talbot. Michael Sheen played a modern-day Jesus type of character. Um, we had hundreds, hundreds of community performers. Anyway, long story short, we followed the story of Jesus Christ in his last three days. So after the Last Supper, we held a big party in the Labour Club. The Mannix came down and played. And after um, everything had happened where... He'd got arrested. They actually took Michael Sheen to Swansea Jail and he spent the night there. Now, all of us cast members, we decided that um, we weren't going to go home and go to bed. We were going down the Aberavon Beach, down the Tumps, to have a big fire with cast and crew. So we did that. So when it ends up, me and Rachel McAdams, Scott Arthur, who who one day will come on the, the podcast, um, he's another actor. We were left with me, Rachel, Scott, and another actor, Tony Trucks, in America. And we all had a drink. It was great. And I said, listen, Rachel, we, and we were getting on great. Like, you know, we were getting on like a house on fire. I said, Rachel, I just got to say, I loved you in that film with Russell Crowe. And she goes, 
was State of Play. And I went, no, no, no. That film, the next three days where he had to get you out of prison. And she was like, that was me. I was like, yeah, it was. I saw you were brilliant. She went, no, no, that's another actor called Elizabeth Banks. But um, yeah, and I was just like, no, not that film. Not that one. A different play. That was probably one of those moments where you just wanted some sort of avalanche or the world to eat you up. But Swallow you up. That was oh, terrible. You wanted, tide, you wanted the tide to come in Aberavon Beach. Here's one. Uh, Rachel at Ra Pete. Who would you pick for the start in Lions 15 if the tour to South Africa was now? Ooh, that's a nice one. You could, Let's try and do this quite quick, is it? Um, Come on then. Alternate, should we alternate? Uh, start at 15. I'd go Sanjay, Liam Williams, probably. Obviously, you're going to say that, aren't you? We're Welsh, but he, he is the right choice. Probably the best fullback in the world, I think. Yeah, who do you pick in the wing? On wing? Um, I'd go for Lewis Rees Smith, number 11. <laughs> Get off. Yeah, please. I'd chuck him straight in the deep end. He should have played in the Six Nations. God bless him. Uh, that's a hell of a call I think Anthony Watson I think he's brilliant well 11 I really like well or 14 you, you've got you've got uh, Reese Lightning at 11 so yeah. I'm going to have to go 14 so I'll go Anthony Watson Who's, who are we going to have in the centres um, well no I can't say him really well no I do I do like him though I, I think Owen Farrell yeah I think Farrell and Jonathan Fox Davis if, uh, yeah, if yeah. he's fit which he will be so that, that'll be there so that leaves 10 you know uh, 10 I don't think George Ford, who's playing 10 for England, is can cope with the Springboks. I don't think he's good enough. So I'm going to go with somebody who can challenge him physically, mentally. He's on top of his game. Of course, I'm going Dan Bigger. <laughs> yeah, we're both going to go Dan Bigger. Friend of the show. I know. Um, I would say, I don't know about Conor Murray after the Six Nations, you see. Um, no. He's sort of having a bit of a slump there. But I tell you, um, oh, your man's name plays for Ulster. Cooney? Yeah, John Cooney. I, I think he's brilliant. It's gonna nine's gonna be tough, you know, because Gareth Davis has played well, Thomas Williams has played well, Reese yeah. Webb, we know he had him on the show. He's coming back strong. You know, is Ben Young's good enough? Ooh, I don't know. Conor Murray hasn't really hit the straps in Scotland. Oh, you can't pick him, he's not British. Never mind, sorry. Yeah, that's one of the prerequisites of the. I just went to thought. I went. I was going to say, "Oh, why didn't I say Dupont?" And I was like, "That's why, Kyle, because he's he's French." French. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, then. Who's your front row? Uh, Luke said, "Marco." Yeah, Marco Vanipola. Hooker's got to be the sheriff all day. Um, Until Jimmy George will have something to say about that. Yeah, well, until the sheriff is in a wheelchair, hopefully um, he'll carry on playing and he'll get picked. Well, I would pick him all day anyway. Um, Ty I just, Furlong, probably favourite at three, or definitely. Kyle Sinclair. Yeah, do you know what? I would go Sinclair, I would, just because of the attitude yeah. he brings and the, how much he winds the other team up. Yeah, brilliant choice of second row. I mean, can Alan win sustain his consistency at his age? I hope he can. This lockdown might have done him good. Maro Atoji's been touted as a potential captain. James Ryan, you know, Scotland got a couple of good crackers. So, poo, take your pick there. I'm back row as well. How do you pick yeah. a back row? Well, that's a nightmare they've got, isn't it? Is Gatland on a sabbatical now? He was there at the Chiefs, wasn't he? Will yeah, he he's, he's there. He's still, there. He's still yeah. there with the Chiefs, yeah. yeah. He's, he, I think his plan was to spy on all the South African Super Rugby teams before lockdown <laughs> happened. Oh, but, yeah, but thanks for your question, Rachel. Yeah, You got any more there, Kyle? Questions or back rowers? <laughs> uh, I just think we'd be here all night, you know, because it's it's difficult back row. Um, 
I think, you know, obviously I'm biased. I'll have Justin Tipbrick in there. So it's who you pick around him. You know, do you have Benny Willapola? Missed out on the last tour. Toby Falato, if he comes back strong. Um, Hamish Watson from Scotland. Richie, you know, Jimmy Richie's rated highly. Back row for Ireland. You've got so many guys, young guys like Keelan Doris, Max Deegan coming through. They could hit the straps. Do you go faithfully to Peter Romani, who's a real good hard nose? You're going to need physical animals or see powerful guys are in South Africa. So, um, yeah. Do you know, it's just totally off topic, right? But do you know one player that I absolutely think is amazing is Hugh Jones? Yeah, but he, they, they reckon his defence is weak, see? And I did an analysis piece on TV when Wales just carved him up. George mm-hmm. North went round him, carved through him. He was he was responsible for two tries individually on his own. It was weak defence. He got dropped for that. Gregor Townsend dropped him. Well, that try he so, scored against um, England the season before will make up for it, surely, for a few years. Yeah. Scotland got some good centres. Sam Johnson, watch out for Duncan Taylor. Saracens, he's to come back. You know, it's going to be interesting. Oh, God's picks, but he he usually gets it right, doesn't he, Warren? Yeah, I think so. Will, will he be going for? Well, he haven't lost yet. How many has he done now? Two, isn't it? Yeah, he What's... wasn't head coach in 2009. He was forwards coach when they lost the series out in South Africa. So yeah. he's going for, you a th- know. A third no loss. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, if you put it like that, yeah. Well, he yeah. didn't lose in New Zealand. He was a draw, so. Yeah. I just want him to play that extra game now. Do you know, I've been paying him for that. Just let you know, no, like drawing. It's like kissing your sister. Do you know what I mean? Leave it there. Let's take it, mate. Don't <laughs> don't give the All Blacks another chance. We'll take the draw. <laughs> trust me. Um, there is another question. I'm just trying to find it. Mary Hunter. No, I'm sorry. I can't tell you when season six is starting to film again. There we are. Neither can I. Funny enough. <laughs> but you'll be the first to know when I do. <laughs> So what? Uh, what's the crack? Here? What are we? Let's let's have a. I think let, I think we should chat a little bit about what's going on in the world because we try and keep it light on the podcast. But I think sometimes you need to chat about things. And first off, this year is gotta go down in the history books if there's a, a world left after this year, um, as probably one of the most dramatic, traumatic, and eventful years in the history of anything. We started off with major fires then major floods, then a pandemic that just shut the the globe down. Now, we've got peaceful protests being hijacked by not very nice individuals turning into riots. Um, This this year is going to be a a massive year for the rest of the world and going forward, a huge change, which I think, I saw a quote the other day saying, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. And underneath it, it scribbled that out and said, uh, we don't want to go back to normal because normal wasn't working. No. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking to a guy who grew up um, during the time where the troubles in Northern Ireland, you know, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. apartheid in South Africa, and obviously, you know, uh, Nelson Mandela incarcerated, assassination of American presidents. I remember vividly uh, Ronald Reagan being um, shot, you know. Um, and then, you know, you come over, you, you talk about the miners' strike and the Thatcher years and all of that. It was just every news was like a, a bombing in, in Northern Ireland and somebody was killed and that. And, and then you had the, the, the Gulf War. Uh, I remember the Falklands War, you know, all, all the terrorism. So, no, you know, and is the world ever going to be normal and peace and harmony? You hope so, but clearly not, you know. Yeah. Um, this, 
the pandemic's one thing. I was, I thought it was bringing us all together in in many fractions, and and it still is, and and these peaceful protests are as well. I mean, it's dreadful what's happened, isn't it, in America? Oh, yeah. And then the offshoot of that, um, you know, it's been underlying for so long. We know that. We see it in our our lives and and our industries, but. Um, I, I can't. I can't. It was so upsetting seeing those scenes from London the other the other day. Well, Sunday, I, yeah. I actually I, tweeted I was about genuinely that. upset seeing it. Now I got close friends. I think two or three of my closest friends are or were police officers. You, you know, I wouldn't want my kids to be police officers now, and yet we need them. Yeah. The, the way the behaviour, the way they were treated, you know, and the irony of things that you had people. Defending Winston Churchill, who basically led us uh, against the Nazi uh, global invasion and defeated that. People defending his statue who are issuing Nazi salutes. Exactly. You know, it's well. That is the irony of it. And I did. I did a, a an angry tweet um, the other day or Sunday. I think as soon as I seen all the news reports and you know everything's on social media. And I seen all these videos of, to me, I I was a bit uh, quick with my words, and I didn't say anything offensive uh, unless you were a football hooligan. Um, they looked like your stereotypical, and we've all been to those games, Sean, where you get um, the majority enjoying, and then you get the minority then who just want to go and cause riots, and whether it's with the other team supporters or with the police, um, it, it was just those people standing there and. Uh, it, it was just horrible to see. There was a group of university students um, protesting peacefully outside a statue because they're trying to take a statue down of. Oh, I can't. I can't remember the the fellow's name. Maybe outside Oxford University, yeah. and um, it was a beautiful little area, and like sort of fountain. And this, you know, picturesque little part of Oxford where the university is, and you've got one side these university students of all skin colour, and the other side, then you've got all ageing, balding, beer-bellied up, Burberry cap-wearing, scarf over their face, shouting the most derogatory things and telling people where to go and shouting at the police. And it, you know the, these types of guys because they're standing there and all the first thing they do when they get challenges, come on then, come on then. They want to they wanna stop. And it's just to see those things now that have that have infiltrated a lot of the major countries and cities in the world and you know it's it's all stemming from from one thing that's happened repeatedly repeatedly and my sort of view on it is like i can't fathom how people can still think that way how people can discriminate another person for being a tiny bit different do you know what I mean? Just because of the colour of their skin or, you know, yeah. it's it's taught. Racism is taught. You don't see young kids who go to school from the ages of, you know, three up to eight or nine when they start understanding and being taught these things. You don't see them discriminating because, you know, one person's um, out of African descent, one person's of Chinese descent or whatever it is. You don't see them discriminating. They are, they get on with it. So... I just, I mean, I just, do you know, it, it, you haven't got children yet, but it has to come from the parenting, you know. Yeah. And, and I get a bee in my bonnet about lots of things like um, 
treating elderly, you know, being courteous. I went down the river in my local village to go fishing the other night. And it's a beautiful part of the world. You know that. You walk the dog there. I just went to one of my favorite spots. There was a mound of McDonald's yeah. wrappers, boxes, packets just left there. I know I drive over the mountain here on a mountain road. I've, I've been follow, following cars of youngsters and they throw their rubbish out the window. I've seen me chasing them, flashing them. I, I, you know, and th- th- this is obviously much bigger, you know, uh, than this, than those sort of things. But I, my, my grandfather fought in World War Two, mate. You know, uh, his brother died on on the front line in Normandy. I've been to been to his grave, and to think what those fellas put themselves through if they were watching and seeing those scenes. Yeah, it really upsets me, mate. It really upsets. But 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 one of the things to watch. One of the things to watch uh, through it all, there's an interview with Muhammad Ali, Cassius yes. Clay, and Michael Parkinson. That sums it up for that me. That does sum it up. That is absolutely... And I've been telling people, I obviously, I couldn't, can't do it as good as he does, but I've been telling people, oh, this is what he says, this is what he says, and in the end, I've gone, right, You've got to watch it. I've got to find it for you. And and it nails on my head. i tell you another thing, uh, but he finds the comedy in it as well. Which, yeah. um, which is you know, he keeps it lighthearted, but the message is the same. Like everything is, you know, white supremacy. Why is everything white? Like he says, you know, the 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 what the angel cakes the white cake and the cho- <laughs> the devil's cakes the chocolate cake. And then he said, what else does he say? Um, it's if, brilliant. It's if brilliant. I if I'm gonna do something bad, then I'm gonna blackmail you. And he was like, you know, white yeah. people lie too. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is. It's so true. It's it's funny, but it is so true. Um, another thing I watched, I saw Joe Rogan, who's got a very very successful podcast across the globe. Um, he uh, mentioned to watch, you know, Dave Chappelle, the comedian and actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, he does a lot of stand up, and he did a little social distancing gig. It was only twenty seven minutes long. People came out. All the seats were, you know, you're, there was only two guests allowed from the same sort of household or party. He sat there and he's done this gig and it's called eight eight forty six is called, and um, that was probably one of the most powerful things that I've watched uh, amongst all the protesters, all the messages that's out there. Um, and I went, you know, all right, I'm I'm not a celebrity. I never will. If I'm lucky enough to be deemed one, then great. I must be doing something right in my career. But I never be a celebrity. I'm just Kyle from Samfields and Port Albert, and that's the way I'll always see myself, right? But but he said, and I got to agree with him, and I've seen a few of these posts, whenever something happens, you get all these actors or pe- famous people jumping in, doing a video montage, ducking deadpan into the camera, saying, we don't give a shit what you say. And this is exactly what he said. We don't need you, people. And he said, and I quote him, we don't need celebrities spouting your bullshit. You live in, it's like Ricky Gervais said as well, you live in your your high lives. And yeah, you might have feelings and you might feel strongly towards helping other people great we don't need your montages on instagram saying you know how ashamed you are and this that and the other like david chappelle goes on to say the streets are talking for themselves now and he, yeah, they yeah. don't need and that's he's like that's why normally he's very vocal he said but that's why he hasn't come into the public domain and said anything because they don't need that they are doing it for themselves the people on the streets are well revolting anyway that's that's a little bit of current uh, current well, we've affairs. Had a little bit of a, 
we've got a lot off our chest, Emmett. And uh, I think oh, I, I, I've only just thought of this because when we decided to do this, we said, right, let's not script anything. Let's just have, let's chew the fat, me and you. Let's have a little yeah. uh, chin wag about it. And so I've just thought of this. No prep, right? Go on. Uh, maybe <sighs> just as we think, we're going to take each other up and under, right? right? So you have five, I have five or so until we, right? And I just think I'm, think of them improv now, off the cuff. Uh, no delay, no ambiguity, usual stuff we do with our guests. Ready? All right. So I'll go first. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Chinese or Indian? Indian. Black or red? Red, obviously, for Wales. Um... Cars or bikes? Cars. Some fields or Carmarthen? Carmarthen. Oh, Only because my family are from Carmarthen, uh, so that's why. And uh, to be honest with you. Okay. Well, you let all the guests explain their answers. <laughs> it's my bloody show. <laughs> um, uh, Australia or Wales? Wales. Wales. Yeah. Katrina Balfour, Sam Hewen. This is cutting my throat there. Uh, neither. I go for I go for one of the producers who gives me the job. That's, that's <laughs> oh, no, they are producers. Both of them, both of them. Man. I can't choose. They both amazing. Um. Oh, here's one. You've asked that all the players: Duncan Jones or Adam Jones? Paul James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go watch Wales or go watch Abraham Green Stars really really you're going to ask me that obviously uh, I'm only wearing this because my mate lent it to me on the weekend so I didn't get my top dirty on Saturday um, yeah obviously go watch Wales um, punditry or commentary commentary Pundit- I love commentary. Is punditry a word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then. So commentary is. I it? love, I love commentary. I know yeah, you right. love comedy because uh, comedy, you love that as well. But commentary, because now you've started getting your main co-host role. I can't wait to when the season was ongoing. I can't wait to watch the games, and I know you commentating because there's somebody there going on. Oh, yeah, he's got them, and you're so <laughs> excited, and I love it. It's brilliant. I do. I said, I said something like they put it in a montage on an advert. Uh, Leon Brown, the tight dead prop, went through and, and ran 28 metres to score untouched. And uh, I just went <laughs> apoplectic. It was, was that that game was... where it was hammering down, wasn't it? Yeah. Is, that one? Yeah, yeah. Is there a better sight in rugby? <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, though, right, I, I'm going to let a lot of viewers in on a secret. Or listeners, sorry. we're not. Well, yeah, viewers on YouTube now. Go on YouTube, Tuesday Club. You can follow us there and watch our videos. Um <laughs> I text Sean every time he tells me he's on. He's commentating. I text him a new word every every single game, and you never get them in. You are I, uh, a shit dose. All right, all right. I'll do it now. When we go back, right, what, I'll do in, it. in two years' time, is it? It can't be like you know. It's got to be. It can't be Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, they like were. Word, gotta... I think once I sent you the word um, discombobulated, 
And you, I well, like I a, can't use that. Why? Because you don't know what it means or because you can't fit it into people a rugby context? Know. People will know, won't they? I sent Shane one once, Shane Williams. I sent him one. He was on uh, one of the Six Nations once, so that was risky. Uh, but he didn't do it. I think it was um, confuzzled or something like that. Just to, you know. Le- level of professionalism. Kind of level yeah, of but professionalism. there's a level of professionalism, but there's also enjoying yourself as well and entertaining yeah. your friends. Well, mate, I've enjoyed this this podcast. Uh, we've droned uh, on now for a good hour, so um, we've answered some questions. Yeah, let's uh, ask our, our listeners. Please give us some feedback. We've got some great guests coming up. You can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and on Instagram Tuesday Club Podcast. Uh, have a little look at YouTube as well, Tuesday Club Podcast there, and check out uh, some of our back issues. Uh, we've got uh, people like Justin Marshall on there. Sam Hewan. He means you know. past episodes there. We haven't got back issues. <laughs> I have got back issues. Sorry. Uh, that was my magazine writing role coming in there. But uh, <laughs> Also, vote for us. If you've seen us posting on social media, yeah. you can vote for us as a Listener's Choice Award for the BBC British Podcasts of the Year Awards. Uh, anyone can vote. All you have to do is follow the link. Type in the Tuesday Club. You'll see cartoon versions of me and Sean and click that and please vote. Vote, vote, vote because that would be amazing to even be recognised because oh, this amazing. has come from nothing and I enjoy doing it every week. Um, so, yeah. But I'll, just, I'll, give a, I'll give a little thanks, a little nod to my co-host there. Well done, mate. Well done, Thank sir. Thank you, my good man. Elbows. Thanks, mate. Listen, uh, stay safe now. Little elbow pump and um, catch up with another special guest next week, yeah? yeah absolutely, mate. Wheels. Wheels. Wheels.